Wednesday. You are listening to the Andy Zanka Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK Community Radio. This is My Own Two Hands, a monthly collaboration between AZYEP and Colorado Mountain College's Bachelor of Sustainability Studies program. On the show, we talk with current students, alumni, professors, and experts in the field of sustainability. We tackle big issues in the world of climate, resilience, and sustainability while focusing on community-based solutions. I'm so excited to welcome Jared Madgecut to today's show. Jared is a recent graduate of the Sustainability Program. Today, he is here to share his senior capstone project with us. We'll be talking about how narrative and storytelling influence policy, conservation, and climate action. Welcome to the show, Jared. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. (laughs) To kick off the show, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are and your background in sustainability. Sure. Um, so I'm Jared Madgecut. I am the proud father of a five-year-old girl and um, even more proud partner of her mother. We've been together for seven years. And it's because of those two that I actually decided to go back to school for the sustainability program. I want there to be a future for my daughter that um, is, you know, she has access to the same resources, if not more than I have right now. And that's kind of the core of the sustainability program at CMC is that you're trying to figure out how to make sure that future generations have equal access to resources as previous generations and and in perpetuity. So um, I'm a local. I was actually born in Glenwood Springs in 1988. So I'm a a non-traditional student, 34 years old, getting my bachelor's degree, but that's okay. Takes time to do things for some people. Absolutely. (laughs) Amazing. Well, congratulations on recently graduating from Colorado Mountain College's Sustainability Studies program. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the program and what you studied? Yeah. Um, So the the sustainability program at CMC Spring Valley specifically, it was more centered around the social aspects, the sociology of sustainability, but it really was an interdisciplinary degree. Um, You got to learn about economics. You got to learn about um, corporate social responsibility, understanding all of those different things and how everything weaves together. Um, And really, there was a focus on psychology because psychology is a big part of everything that we do as humans, as creatures. Um, And being able to understand that gives you, you know, insights into how you can actually maybe nudge people in the right direction, whether it be on like a personal basis or on a broader basis. Um, So the degree up there, when I first went into it, I was expecting, oh, it's going to be a lot of science. And, you know, they have since actually provided an opportunity for people who would really like to understand the more scientific aspects of it. Not that it's without it, but it was definitely more focused on the science of um, human psychology. I know from my personal experience, because I also have a degree from CMC in sustainability studies, that uh, one of the things you have to do at the end of your four years is a capstone research project. So can you tell us about the focus of your capstone and what you did? Yeah, so my, my capstone project was focused on exactly how narrative can actually shape policy, how narrative can actually influence people to do the right or the wrong thing. Sometimes narrative can encourage people to do the wrong thing. And it's a very powerful tool. And it's a tool that I think a lot of people don't understand or it goes unnoticed because you can find it in the the stories that you read or the movies that you watch. 
and um, understanding how to like turn the dials within a narrative. I think for me personally, I'm, I'm a big storyteller. Um, I graduated from CMC in 2014 with a theater degree and thought that's what I was going to do with my life and then realized I had to pay bills. And so I can't really do that. Um, the reason why I chose, chose this specifically as my capstone project is just because I'm very passionate about it. And it's a long project. You know, it's uh, up to 25 pages, 7,500 words, which I guess isn't terribly long. But at the same time, you, the bulk of the project gets done towards the end of the semester when you actually go and you do the research. You actually go and do the field research. Um, in my case, it was surveys. So I had to pick something that I wasn't going to get bored by or disappointed by or, you know, something that, that was familiar to me. And um, so that's why I chose that. Plus, I just really love telling stories. Amazing. And what was your original research? What were your surveys about? Who did you talk to? So the original research, I, I, I reached out to my, mainly people on Facebook or um, Instagram, and I sent out surveys just asking them what they thought the, the power of storytelling was. I have a few other specific questions, but basically it was I had a, a short story that I shared with them and then asked them, you know, how it influenced their behavior or if they were more or less likely before or after reading the story to engage in more sustainable behavior. And so I was just trying to get an idea of exactly how just a short story um, and it, how it could influence their behavior, really. Um, and for the most part, people really believe that, an, you know, a good narrative, a good positive environmental or sustainable story um, will influence them. And it, it did tend to influence people. There were a, f a small faction of people that didn't. Um, but um, I also try to account for them with a few other questions as well. I read your paper and I thought it was really interesting. I love that concept of tying narrative and climate action together. I know that you also had to do some background research. Um, so what were some examples you identified in which narrative has historically been used successfully to influence policy and conservation efforts? Um, well, specifically just the, the formation of our national parks. That was a huge one because you had, um, you know, you, you had a lot of very notable figures who were influencing people like through, through the art of story. Um, Henry David Thoreau comes to mind. Thoreau was a big one. Um, and I focused a lot of my research on, on him and several others. Um, so yeah, just the, it was really the formation of the national parks that was, you know, it was not only guided by these, these storytellers, these people who, who, who wrote about nature and they wrote so beautifully about nature, but also by government policy. Um, governments they were preserving these places so that they could extract from them in the future, not necessarily to preserve them so that we could go and turn them into national parks. I think the original intention by the people who founded these parks wasn't necessarily so that we couldn't use the resources right. there. Um, but thankfully, other people came along the way and said, actually, you know what, we're just going to keep this as preserved as possible, not just so we can come and cut down trees in 100 years. Wow, storytelling is really, really impactful. What were some of the most interesting concepts or the things you learned from that research you conducted within the community and within Facebook and Instagram? Was there anything that surprised you from the research? Well, I was definitely surprised by how willing people were to engage in, in these surveys um, because the, the way it all broke down is, you know, with, with COVID and all these other constraints that we, you know, <laughs> have now. We had basically two weeks to go and um, 
engage with people wow. and do these surveys. And um, people were very responsive. I was really surprised by how responsive they were and how many people were, like actually don't know what sustainability is. So many people ask me, well, what is sustainability? And then I have to explain to them that and then asking them about their stories. Um, and I think really people really wanted to share you know, a lot of people around this valley, especially, they have a connection with the rivers, the yeah. Crystal River, the Roaring Fork River, the Colorado River, and they have these deep, long, very meaningful connections. And so they're noticing that that resource is starting to be affected by climate change. Absolutely. And they may not be able to understand it fully, but being able to like take it and turn it into a story. So that way you're disseminating these really complex ideas of scientific ideas and you're turning them into a narrative. I think that's really why I did the research is because so many people will look at a data sheet and just be like, I don't know what any of this means and I don't yeah. want to know. Um, but if you tell them a story, they're more likely to respond and they're, it's more likely to embed knowledge in their psyche so that maybe it'll nudge them in the right direction to behave a little more environmentally conscious. So that's kind of what I was thinking. It's like th there's a lot of complexity in, in what's going on because it is. It's very complex. It's, it's incredibly complex. It's so complex that we don't even actually know. We're basically sustainability is the cutting edge of, of science right now. Right. It really is uh, because it in, it's multidisciplinary. It engages every aspect of um, not only humanity um, but also in the environment that we're still learning about. We're understanding the connections and all the systems that go into that. Um, maintaining order, maintaining homeostasis on this planet. So being able to break that down and compartmentalize it into smaller parts in the form of story, um, I think would be really exciting. And so for me, the most exciting part about it, I guess, is that I was inspired to start working on children's books Amazing. that explore this concept. Um, I have a five-year-old and we read four or five books a night. So uh, I was like, well, what, what can, how can I take all this knowledge and make it accessible to her? And if I can do that, then I can probably also make it accessible to other people older than her yeah. and inspire her and her friends and others to really engage in that story and figure out what, what sustainability means to them. Because that's, to them, it's going to be front and center. The next hundred years, that's what we're going to be talking Absolutely. about. That's what we're going to be exploring. So are you working on writing a children's book right now or just compiling different sustainability-oriented? So the, the one that I actually am working on right now, it's, it's called Especially Stephanie. My, my partner, her name is Stephanie, and she's a little bit clumsy, but she's always wanting to learn. She always, you know, she's always open to those ideas, and so I wanted to like maybe just have this small journey that she goes on from childhood to, to present day and, you know, the, the catch line is always going to be especially Stephanie. And each time she's learning about something and she's conveying that knowledge. Um, so it's, yeah, it's very much in its infancy right now creating yeah. that, that story. But um, that's kind of where we're at. And my daughter, she's really helping. She loves to come into the recording studio that I have set up at home and um, give me notes. Oh, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, you know, I tell her every day and I think it's something that I live by as well. Is like you, you need to be kind and you need to be curious and it needs to be in that order. Um, and so she, she really tries to adopt that. I mean, she is five, so sometimes uh, she's not always kind, um, <laughs> but she's always curious. Have you come across any favorite stories that you've read to her recently or ones that really stand out that you could recommend to other parents in the community? Um, so one of my favorites that doesn't really have a lot to do with sustainability, but it was one that, for whatever reason, my daughter, when she was two and a half, decided to commit to rote memory was Gerald the Giraffe 
but it really does have a really nice message in there of just like being present and um, just dancing your own dance. And that's what it's really about. And I think that's really important thing to be able to remember, especially when you're younger and you're trying to figure things out. And um, that's a great book and she loves it. And then, you know, we're kind of in a bit of a social transition right now Mm -hmm. or upheaval or reckoning or whatever you want to call it, time travel into the past. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So Marlon Bundo, um, that's a really good one that um, Lennon, that's my daughter, she uh, she really loves that one. I would recommend that one, and it's 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 really funny. John Oliver, the team of uh, his team, they created this book. I think really just to kind of, you know, address some social issues. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit more about kids. Um, at the Andy Zenka Youth Empowerment Program, we definitely have a strong focus on youth. How do you think your research or this concept of storytelling impacting change? Um, can be applied to young people who want to affect positive change in their community? Or what advice do you have for them? Well, first of all, the same advice I have for my daughter, be kind and be curious. Um, always look to ask questions and listen to other people's stories. Um, maybe engage with people that you don't necessarily agree with. It's really important. I've noticed even in my short lifetime that um, the ability for people to engage in respectful dialogue has greatly diminished. And it, yeah. I'm not sure if that's just because I'm an old man now and I'm like, oh, these kids <laughs> these days. But no, I really think that um, I don't, f- I really think that being comfortable talking to other people, whether or not you agree with them, I think is important because dialogue is important. Dialogos, right? Um, I guess the Greek or the Latin of dialogue is the exchange of knowledge. It's a conversation. Yeah. And being able to recognize that and embrace that is important. And also feeling comfortable knowing your story. Like, take some time. Be present with yourself and wonder to yourself, like, what is my story? Write it down. You know, go back to your childhood and your formative memories and be like, who am I really? And then write it down and then share it with people. Share it with anyone that will listen. And um, then because the, the human narrative is one of progress, right? Right. We look back and we realize we've made some mistakes, these paths that have led us here. But this, these paths have led us here to be able to have these conversations, to be able to engage with one another, to be able to design a degree called sustainable studies, right? So we're listening. We're a young species. Um, and I think if you can connect those two ideas, the idea that we're a young species and that as a human being, you might also be young and just be graceful towards yourself. And um, I'm going off a little bit on a tangent here. No, no. I really appreciate what you said about engaging in respectful dialogue. I was just working with high school students a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about and identifying some of the problems that they see in their generation or in the world right now. And I think three or four out of the 12 of them said exactly that, that they thought their peers were having a really tough time engaging in respectful dialogue and it's hard when what we see in the news and in you know the wide world of discourse is not very respectful I, i agree and i would like to talk a little bit more about the dialogue because that's a big part of narrative right it's a big part of storytelling um and being kind to yourself right because I've noticed, and I I have the opportunity to teach at Yampa Mountain High School um, as an adjunct um, faculty member there, and also their bus driver, school bus (laughs) driver. 
um, and whatever snow. I also plow there. <laughs> plow. I'm a snow plow truck driver you for wear him many as well. Hats, yeah. Yes. Um, but just understanding that it is important to seek those things out. And, you know, honestly, I'm not so sure that um, there are a lot of schools that really gave kids or, you know, children the tools to know how to do this. We're always looking at our phones. Right. And back to your point about division in the media, um, it's, it's, there are a lot of different reasons that that occurs. But I think the, the younger generation really understands how algorithmic it is. They understand right. that... This algorithm is just trying to get as many views as possible, and it knows that incendiary comments, upsetting people, making people divided and angry at one another, um, is how you get the numbers up for the views. Right. And that's really what it comes down to. And I, I've, I've take, I take a lot of solace in knowing that the younger generation gets that. And they've right. also they figured out how to game it, too. Um, they figured out how to actually use it to their advantage. And I, you know... I think it's they have a lot more at their disposal at their 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 disposal than I think a lot of people give them credit for. Yeah. So trust trust yourself, but also know yourself a little bit. Talk to yourself, maybe not in front of people, but talk to yourself. <laughs> no, <laughs> know your story. Yeah, that's great advice. Write it down and think about how who you who you really are. Yeah. Moving away from kids, how do you think your findings in your research for your project can be used to drive climate action and conservation in our community amongst adults? Definitely. Um, the, the big thing is that know that we all have common interests. It doesn't matter who you voted for, what kind of vehicle you drive, um, all the, all the different things we use to identify ourselves. Those things don't really matter. Like We want our families to be happy healthy, and safe. Yeah. We, we all want those same things. We just have different paths to pursuing those things. And understanding that our common story is one of humanity, is one that we, we do rely on one another. You know, I don't know how to build a bridge, but I know someone else that does. I know it, it takes a lot of people to build a bridge or to build a home or to, to, to build a civilization, to build a culture. And really valuing that fact I think is what I noticed, especially on the local level, people do want to engage with one another. And yeah. I do feel like a lot of people are hesitant to do so because they, there is just kind of just this strange thing. We've had the last two, two or three years of people's lives have been really impacted. We've gone through some significant changes and I was, maybe it's because people are so cooped up, but um, people really wanted to talk to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really wanted to talk to them. Yeah. I want to know, you know, I, I, I want to know what it is that drives you, what motivates you and how you see what I'm doing, whether it's helping you or do you think maybe I'm part of the problem mm -hmm. and I want to listen to that, you know. So that's, I guess, farmer's markets are great. I love seeing the farmer's markets come, come up. I would love Me the too. idea of, yeah, just local commerce because that's really what it, it's start small, start local, do what you can locally um, and talk to people, share your story. It's just, it's, it's as simple as that because that's the first way we learn how to convey knowledge. Humanity has been conveying knowledge through story before we knew how to write or any of that. It was through verbal storytelling. Um, and for most of our history, actually, we weren't as sophisticated as we are now in our ability to communicate. Um, so read stories, read some good stories, um, read and tell stories. Amazing. Yeah, I love these messages of community, connection, storytelling. I think that's a lot of what we strive to do here, too, and um, share with kids. That's something that I'm really passionate about as well. 
Before we wrap up, I'd love to know now that you've graduated, what's next for you personally in your education, your career, your family life? Well, next for me personally, I, I would love to pursue a master's degree through CSU Global, uh, Colorado State University. They're, they have a good sustainability program there that you can knock out in about 18 months. Um, and it's really, at this point, yes, I'm very passionate about the subject matter, but I just want that piece of paper yeah. <laughs> so I can provide for my family yeah. a little more effectively. Uh, tired of working three jobs all the time. So somebody told me once that if you have a master's degree, you might not have to do that. They also told me you probably will anyway. <laughs> so, but I really en I enjoy engaging with the subject matter. So it's either that or perhaps uh, a similar degree at Michigan State in Ann Arbor, um, mainly because my wife, my partner's family is near there and they're very supportive. They've been very supportive throughout this entire process. And if all of that doesn't work out, my wife and I were saving for a house in the valley. Um, well, our savings doesn't mean anything in the current market. Oh, that is There's no way we're going to be able right to buy now. anything right now. So um, if anybody has any businesses for sale out there, I think I'm gonna, we're going to buy a business. So either go to school or buy a business that we can actually meaningfully engage in this greater conversation of sustainability, preferably a seasonal business, because we would like some time off as well to spend time together as a family yeah. and continue writing our personal story. Amazing. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add to this conversation? I would just say, yeah, understanding that human rights is part of sustainability. And unless we can address that, it's unlikely that we're going to be able to really address the fundamental challenges that we're facing as a species on this planet. And obviously, people who were born into adversity are going to be the most impacted. And they were also the least responsible for the situation that we're in right now. And understanding that and knowing that you do have tool tools at your disposal. Even if you were born into adversity in this country, I was lucky. I hit the genetic lottery. I was born white, male, and in America. Whether or not I was born rich or poor, those other three factors gave me a lot more leverage than a lot of people on this planet, knowing that we have access to a library. A lot of people in the world don't have that. You can go there and you can exchange information and ideas. And you should do that. And you should be thankful for those things and be grateful that we do have those opportunities in this country because a lot of people don't have those things. And so look around you, see what's at your disposal, and leverage that for positive change. And regardless of what your personal circumstances, you do have things at your disposal, especially in this community. I mean, Katie and Kay has been a fixture of this community for how many years now? Almost 40. And yeah. they've always been able to provide all these really cool things. I, I listen to it all the time. I, su I support Katie and Kay. My daughter, she supports Katie and Kay. Amazing. So I think it's just really important to recognize we do have a really great community here. And we also have access to resources, both financial and environmental. We're pretty close to Aspen, and there are some pretty giving people there. So if you have a great idea, share it. Thank you so much for starting this conversation in our community, Jared. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, yeah, I hope that we just start talking amongst ourselves, with your family, with your peers out in the greater community. Go to the farmer's market. Yeah. Agreed. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into My Own Two Hands with the Andy Zenka Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK. 
To learn more about sustainability and hear from the diverse voices of Colorado Mountain College's Sustainability Studies program, tune in on the third Wednesday of every month from 4 to 4.30. May we all go out and put a little bit more good into the world. Thanks so much for listening to the Andy Zanka Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK. Thank you.